Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, well, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I am Pam Perry. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk publisher talk because I am talking with a publisher of Black Magazine in Detroit, and his name is Billy Strauter. But before we get to that, I do want to say that Black Magazine, B-L-A-C, Black Magazine, this is one of my favorite issues, Billy, and I'm holding it up. It's from 2019. He took over in 2020, but this issue was one of my favorite because it had my best friend in here. Tamika Ashford, her wedding was in here. She had a virtual wedding. And so we couldn't really see the wedding because it was virtual, we weren't there. But Black Magazine actually did a pictorial of her wedding, her and her husband, uh, Delvis Nixon. And so I was really glad. And then also on the cover were some PR pros. And so Brittany B is on the cover as well. So she I appreciate that. And of course, Sinbad is on the back. So there's nothing like in terms for black people to see ourselves in magazines, regular every day. This is my girl, Brittany, on the cover, seeing Tamika and her hubby and their wedding pictures there. But the traditional thing that people love about Black Magazine is always this scene part, this last little part here of seeing people out and about, well, before COVID, but when we were out and about and seeing ourselves in magazines. And that's one thing I really love about Black Magazine is that you showcase it in a high style and they've been doing it for years and you took over in 2020. So let me, before I bring Billy up and he actually speaks and we talk about this, let me read you the official bio of Billy Strauter. So he is coming from a traditional marketing background. Billy seems seamlessly blends traditional and digital marketing. So immediately I just said, oh my God, I'm going to love him. I hadn't even met yet, but just knowing that you came from digital marketing background, I was like, he's going to get it. He has worked with international brands and companies leading hundreds of successful measurable digital marketing strategies backed by data and insights that have resulted in over $750 million in incremental sales. Billy specializes in alignment and integration of traditional and digital marketing objectives data-informed digital marketing development, management, optimization of digital campaigns, including PPC, email, retargeting, SEO, and social media channels. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. You can still join the conversation, but PPC means pay-per-click, retargeting, talking about that's a whole nother thing. And SEO, you know I talk about it all the time on this podcast, search engine optimization. If you're not found in Google, Sometimes people don't think you exist. His background includes manufacturing, automotive, food, retail, finance, and technology, and now media. So with that, I want to just welcome you to Get Out There and Get Known, Billy. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is a special day because I've been tracking you down for a long time. I'm like, this guy is busy. busy. I said, but I'm relentless. I'm going to get him. And that's how media people are. So just knowing that a monthly magazine 
digital as well as print is a lot of work. So tell us the story of how you came into doing uh, Black Magazine. Started 2020 April. You closed in April during COVID. Like, what was that about? Like, oh well, you know. That second thoughts after that. <laughs> wait. <laughs> it, it was such an interesting time to. Um, you know, I feel fortunate to be able to shepherd in this brand. And, you know, certainly there were questions of, okay, what am I thinking right now as we go into to COVID? But it was never a question of whether or not we were going to move forward. Well, certainly, excuse me, those were questions that were presented. Never in my mind did I doubt that this was something that I wanted to do. Uh, Black, uh, which is short for Black Life Arts and Culture has been around for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so being able to take that into um, the, you know, the next 20 uh, is just such a, an honor. And I started out working with the magazine as uh, they were a client of mine. Oh. And, then at, and then I became an investor in the magazine. And so when the opportunity presented itself, just uh, there was no doubt in my mind that that was the direction I was gonna take. Mm-hmm. So working with them, trying to really get their digital presence more, I guess you would say, up to speed was really like your main objective because you wanted to make sure that if they're going to be in business 20 years from now, that they have to really embrace this whole online world. And digital marketing is the crux of it. And so when they said, okay, so Black Magazine, just so that you all know, was not really Black-owned. It was not black owned. And so it was talking about black life, life, arts and cultures. Not that the Caucasians can't talk about black life and the cultures. They always have black editors and that sort of thing, but they never had black owned. So it was a pretty big deal. The free press wrote about you. I'll read a little bit about you taking over black uh, last year. It says, Billy Stroudard lay awake in bed one night in June. The new owner, I hope I'm not embarrassing you, the new owner of Black Detroit Magazine couldn't stop thinking about the protests going on around the country over police brutality. I felt overwhelmed, sad, and confused, he said. So he sent a late night email to his team, got everyone to call at 9 a.m. that morning and scrapped the entire issue to focus on protests. That's what I'm talking about, Billy. That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, you go. I, I, I said, that is why you were positioned to buy Black Magazine at this time for such a time as this, because you knew that that's what you had to do. And so yeah. you said, well, we're going to scrap it because this this is, the, what we're writing about was irrelevant at this point, after George Floyd, after after the murder of George Floyd, everybody saw the whole thing on, on every news channel. So yeah. So talk it, about that moment. I, I, I would love to, it, it changed so much in in the time that I made the decision to purchase black no one could have known what was going to happen we didn't know that COVID was coming we had no idea that there was going to be a global response not only just to COVID but to the actions to the murder of George Floyd and as we work through, and again, I'm gonna back up and say, you know, I had to do a lot of learning about being a publisher because I come from that digital marketing background and I couldn't help but think, this is one of those rare opportunities where we're about to go to print, but we have a couple of days, what can we do here? And how can we be relevant? 
And so I, I went to my team and they rose to the challenge and I have to give them a lot of credit for the work that they put in because had they not uh, believed in the vision, then we wouldn't have been able to do that. So I'm grateful for the work that they did. And I'm really proud of, of that issue that we put out. It was timely and it really highlighted what was going on in, around our country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're talking with Billy Strauder and he is the owner and the publisher of Black Magazine, uh, blackmagazine.com, blackdetroit.com. Let me get it straight, uh, blackdetroit.com. But really he is, um, he had only been on the job roughly two months when he decided to make that whole uh, pivot, as you will, about really the magazine. So kind of tell us a little bit about what your, your goals are now for the magazine and what do you see uh, in the future for your magazine and other black magazines, just period. And, you know, recently we were talking before we got on that Ebony Jet was uh, resold or rebought or just right. change hands again. And they just put in a new um, editor-in-chief or was, she, was Michelle published her editor-in-chief? I'm not sure what she She's uh, She was named the new CEO. She's a new CEO. Okay. All right. So Ebony and Jet, we grew up with all the Ebony and Jets our whole life and we didn't want to see it go. We don't want to see it go down. But what is it that Black Magazine's just in general need to do and specifically what you see on the horizon for for black you know that's a great question pam what i noticed in what we saw with ebony and jet is just the realistic challenges of being a publisher today and making that transition from being a traditional publisher into digital and just simply taking your print publication and making it available online isn't a recipe for success there you so, go Right. So people in the back. <laughs> if you're taking notes, Pam says this is one that you need to write down. <laughs> yes. But that has been um again what I take my background as an opportunity for us to look at what does it look like to take a digital first approach and really thinking about our digital product as something completely separate from the print publication. Mm -hmm. And while we will always remain committed to print, uh there is a need more than ever for uh, us to be able to provide information to people in the way in which they prefer to get it. So the way in which we put information out on Instagram should be somewhat different than the way that we talk to people on LinkedIn. And I'm sure you've talked to your audience about this all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then looking at the type of content that we're putting out on our website, because what we know from looking at our data and analytics is that we have a very different audience visiting the website day to day that we have picking up and reading the print publication. So those are all things that we look at as we analyze what does the future look like for black. And that also includes looking at new markets. So that means we will always call Detroit home and we will always be black Detroit. And there's no place like Detroit, but we certainly see opportunity as we take a digital approach to move into new markets and in particular markets that may not already have a publication that is focused on black life's Ooh. black life arts and culture yes that would be awesome that is that's really what it is because your your niche is black life arts and culture so that's everywhere but black people can be in the diaspora for that matter that's right because it's online so i really think that um 
when I looked at Ebony and Jet, some of the things that they did, like you said, they had the magazine for so many years, but it was like maybe not really wanting to change and knowing that the world is different and knowing that we consume different. I mean, every single industry, no matter what it is, from restaurants to Grubhub, right? From music to iTunes, everybody has been disrupted by something that's online. And so print is no different. I used to work at the Detroit Free Press and definitely you see the print newspapers, they're going away, they're changing things. And so I have a magazine, it's a speaker's magazine, but it's a little bit different. It's niched down just for black speakers. It is online and it is actual a physical printed publication as well. But what it is, is that it promotes the events for these speakers online. And then in between for speakers that people may not have heard of, it gives them that first stop of being heard. And so it's not just a typical, oh, it's a magazine, but then I'm gonna put it online. But we also embed because they're speakers, they're speaker reels. And so I saw that you guys have a YouTube channel. Tell us about your YouTube channel. (laughs) It's kind of cool. It it is. Thank you. And we looked at ways in which we can engage our audience. And I talked briefly about providing content based on how people want to receive information. And so we could certainly print recipes in the magazine. But what if we took an approach where uh, we did both? We printed it in the magazine, but we also uh, recorded the process of making that dish and then cutting it down to two or three minute segments. So it it's it's part of that digital first approach of something similar to like what we're doing here. Uh, instead of just doing an interview for the publication, why not record a podcast and then use the information from that podcast and a photo shoot to turn that into something that we can have a video, we have a podcast, we have an article, and then you can create quote graphics out of it, right? Yes. So there's so much that you can do uh, so- when you take a digital first approach. I am so excited. So tell us about some of the, um, the the ways that people can engage and when they pitch you. So I know you have a, you know, you have an editor and you have your whole. So explain your team, explain how your, your team works. So that will be. So when someone's an owner in the publisher, just to put that out there first, you don't pitch Billy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. He's, he's a person that is over everything. OK, so he's not in the editorial weeds, I guess you would say. So explain your your uh, your office, I guess you would yeah, say. Of course, you know. So there is, um, we make it really easy for people to reach out and to pitch stories. They, you know, they can either fill out a form on the website, uh, or they can send an email to editor at blackdetroit.com. Mm-hmm. and we do that. And when they're doing a pitch, they want to make sure, first and foremost, that uh, we want to make sure we know your name. Uh, we also need to know how to contact you. And then if you could just give us a synopsis of what it is, the story that you're trying to tell. Synopsis, Uh, how many word counts? Right. So if you could give us, um, you know, just a a paragraph. Okay. Thank you. That's (laughs) that's really important. We we talked about this before. Brevity is the new currency. Okay. Yes, it is. It is really the shorter and more succinct and the more punchy you can make it, the better. If I've got to read through three or four or five paragraphs, it's going to be delete. Okay. That's because right. like, if you got to explain too much, I can't, I can't deal with you. Okay. So that's right. just, so it's short through the, through the website, blackdetroit.com or email or email pitch. That's right. And what as you know, stories obviously has to do with black life, arts and culture. 
That's right. Black life, arts and culture. And, you know, I would say that, um, you know, there are news organizations like the uh, the Michigan Chronicle that focus on um, everyday news. And when, you know, we certainly have the the ability to do that, but we don't want to step on the toes of someone who's already doing that type of work. So, and they do a phenomenal job at it. So we're really trying to, to tell stories that, um, you know, long form stories mm-hmm. where, um, or, you know, being able to highlight successes that are happening out in the community. Uh, you know, well, you know, fashion designers or art and film. Uh, but those are the sorts of things that, that we want to tell stories about. And we want to make sure that we're highlighting um, you know, amazing things that are happening in, in the community. But again, if you think about the format in which we tell our stories, uh, let us know whether or not you're pitching a story for the web or if it's for the magazine, because there are different things that we can do if we're doing a digital story versus something that we're doing for print. That's important to know because you have to let people know. So get this is just really quick. If someone sends an email to you, and this is just one of my things that I'm just always talking to people about. And it's not a real email connected to a website. So it's a Yahoo or a Gmail or God forbid an AOL. Does your <laughs> does your antenna go up like, are they really real? I mean, why do they not have a, a email connected to a real company? How do you feel about that? Well, I, you know what, I'm going to give you a great story before I, and then I will answer the question. Uh, my daughter was over last night and she was telling me about a chiropractor that she went to visit and she wasn't quite sure, didn't have a great feeling. They had a professional office and all of that. And she showed me his card and it had a Gmail address. And I, that, yeah, immediately. And I'm like, okay, we're going to, uh, we're, we're going to find somebody that, uh, <laughs> But it, it doesn't. So I would say that today it is so easy for you to get an email address that shows showcases your business. And yeah. it, it not only is it more professional, but it's another touch point where you're getting your business name in front of people. Yes. So because um, they can find is, between that between the at all the way to the end of the the URL. That's right. So they'll, know, they'll know exactly what it is. That's right. So that's that's what I tell people that I said because that's how you advertise your domain name. You're that's trying your to get brand. traffic to the website. So that is so important. So if I if it's story is all that and it's a bag of chips, don't send it to me with a Yahoo AOL, you know, Gmail. Make it a a branded, I call it a branded email. That's the first step that we teach in, in Ready Set Go Speak. Okay. That's like number one. You would think like, oh my goodness, what is she teaching that Ready Set Go Speak? We're right. teaching some of the basic things that will kind of throw you, will put the doubt in, in someone's mind about you. Like you said, mm-hmm. your daughter was talking about the chiropractor. And it's like, mm, let me find somebody else. They're at least, I mean, even if you don't know digital marketing, you can find someone that can help you. That's right. Like Black did with you. Black saw sought you out because you knew that space. And so you helped them. But then then at this point, it became a thing where you you said, you know what, this is part of my, your mission, part of your mission right. now. You know, and Pam, I wanted to touch on, you know, you talked about, um, you know, Black being Black-owned, and i that's some of the feedback that I've been getting in the community. And I want to give the, you know, the two women credit who, first of all, you know, they're sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to to just give them credit because the the amount of courage that it took to, you know, they they founded African-American Parent 
mm-hmm. with another with someone who was African American, and then found themselves having to make a decision when he departed: Do we continue on, um, or you know, should we step out of it? Because again, we're we're two um, Caucasians that are running the magazine, mm-hmm. and so I have to give them a lot of credit for having that courage and then going out and finding a board and investors that that were African-American to help guide and shepherd that brand along. Um, and so again, just kudos to them for that. Yeah, because they saw the need. They actually saw the need. One was Alexis and I can't think of the other lady. Alyssa. Melissa, yes, Alyssa. So they are actually, they, they did events, they did all of that. I mean, they never came out and tried to hide the fact that they were two Caucasian women running the magazine. They just knew there was a need. They had Metro Parent Magazine. And then they said, well, we need to probably do one for Blacks because the needs are different. The cultures are different. And so that's when the change became Black, not just about parenting, but Black life, arts, and culture. I know the whole story. That's why I was excited to talk about you. (laughs) I get it. I get it. And one of the main things for any magazine in order for it to make money is that it, it runs on advertising. And the more advertising the more you can charge for advertising is based on how many eyes and ears or eyeballs, I guess you would say, you will have for your publication. So in the digital space, it's about what you just said. It's the it's the YouTube, it's the Instagram, it's the whole conglomerate of things. So now you've got more volume of people that are paying attention to blackdetroit.com. And so now you can charge more money. So in terms of how you... <laughs> Yes, you can, you can because you're now you're you're broader and right. people can see it. And so people can have if they want to sponsor a YouTube, if they want to probably uh be on the web, if they want to do uh, a traditional ad in the magazine. I mean, you have different options now because we have so many options. One of the main things that you said when people pitch you is that they have to have a short letter to you telling them what? What would what would be a good thing for them to tell you that why they should, it's not a daily news, so it's a feature. So what kind of features are you looking for? Well, talk about the Detroit um, expat or expat Detroit. Oh, that's right. Uh, You know, Detroit expat. So that feature was, you know, we thought it would be uh, important to, you know, there's the Detroit homecoming that they do every year. Mm -hmm. And that was really an inspiration for our Detroit expat series, which was Let's reach out to people who no longer live in the city, but were brought up here Mm -hmm. and ask them, how has Detroit, what role did Detroit play in how you go about leading today? I love that. You know, because there's, you know, no matter where you go, Detroit sticks with you. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to know what, how, you know, the foundation that Detroit set. I love that. And so just so that people know, Detroit Homecoming is typically usually, well, majority of them are usually Caucasian. And so there's a few. I mean, Wendy Hilliard was one um, that they showcased last year. And I was so excited because she went to Cassidy, went to my high school. And then there were some few, I think Sean Robinson, she went to Cassidy, she went to my high school. So it's like whenever you see the Detroit Homecoming and you see the black person, you're just like you become more interested, at least right. I do especially if they went to your high school. So when you do this series, it's always going to be someone that we know that went that African-American, that either we went to high school with them, we went to church with them, we work with something that we're going to be in their circle. And you're doing that series for Detroit expats. So basically, if someone lived in D.C. or L.A., they can pitch and say, hey, I used to be in Detroit. I went to Cass. I I went to 
uh, Hartford Church, whatever. That was my background. I, you know, I lived around the corner from Barry Gordy, whatever, whatever they're going to say. Right. But Detroit was my my baseline of how I really became successful. That's really what you're looking for. That's what we're looking for. That's I right. love that. That nobody else is doing that. No one else is doing that. You know, the way you guys are doing it. Right. So what are there some some other new things that people are uh, say they could look on the horizon of what Black Detroit is going to do or or some of the things that are different that you implemented right away that you said, you know what, as soon as I get my hands on this, this is what I'm going to do different. You know, I spent a, a good amount of time just learning about the, the publishing business. And I know more about paper than I ever thought I would. Um, and so one of the, the changes that we made that you, you may have noticed in September was we, uh, we went to a minimum of 48 pages because we wanted to ensure that no matter what, if you're picking up the magazine, there was some consistency to the size. Mm -hmm. And we also changed the, the paper on the inside. So it's a little bit he heavier um, with, a, with a nice gloss to it. And then we added a cover with a matte finish so okay. that it gave the magazine some heft in that not only were you um, being able to, to, to read and see some beautiful images, but there was a sensory of touch and feel uh, that gave some, uh, you know, just uplifted the magazine to a different level. And so that was really important to me to make sure that when people were picking up the magazine, that it felt like a magazine that they would be proud to showcase um, on, on the coffee table. Mm -hmm. That's it. And the thing about it, I always say this, that um, Black people, we love gloss. We love gloss. We love glitter. We love all things that are extra. We got that soul. We, we, if we, if you give us something, we're gonna make it like just up it, right? So okay. having that gloss on the inside is really good, and making it pop with the matte. Um, having and that's just the difference between the different types of print. Newspapers have their have their thing, but magazines you expect out of a magazine to have a little bit more shelf, longer shelf life for you to showcase it for people love being on the covers. Do you have cover designers or cover photographers? If, if someone were a freelance um, photographer, do you hire people to do styling for your covers? Because covers are a whole big deal. That's a whole nother. It is, it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> and uh, you know, so we do have a, a creative team. And uh, so that, you know, we're, we spend a lot of time thinking about the cover every month and, and what needs to go um, go on there. And uh, but we're always looking for uh, talent and we're looking for uh, photographers. We're looking for designers, for writers. And so the, in the same way, if you're interested in writing or uh, shooting for black, then I would recommend sending an email to editor at blackdetroit.com. But, uh, you know, we're always open to to talent around here. Good, good. Yeah, because I know that that is one of the things that um, will make the magazine gel when you have different creatives being involved in that process. And if someone like a Monica Morgan, say, for instance, wanted to say, you know, I'd like to shoot your cover this month. It's like, you know what? Give us give us a shoot us an email, that type of thing. You That's know, right. so, so tell us about any people that are on your board that um, I know you and Sharon Banks are co-owners or she's on the board. What, how is that? Because Sharon is a good friend of mine as well. Yeah, well, Sharon was uh, was on the board um, before I purchased the magazine. So when I when I took over in um, in April, I decided to just take a break from having a board 
um, both editorial and um, just a general board. But I do have a, a number of advisors uh, that I reach out to that have been guiding me through this process. And we're evaluating what it looks like to, to bring back a board to, um, to help me shepherd this magazine along. And, um, but, you know, again, they have done it and did an amazing job of getting the magazine to a place for me to take it over and then move it forward. Uh, and a lot of the changes that I've made have been primarily in size and, and style, but nothing as, as much with the content because okay. they were doing a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. And Paris does. Paris has been there before, and so she's still there as well. Yes, as she is. She's doing really, really good. She's That's doing right. really good. She has, she has a lot. So one of the things, and then we're, we're kind of like almost at the time, one of the things that I want to really stress about getting out there and getting known, and I say this all the time to the people in the Ready, Set, Go Speak, is that when you're pitching a magazine or any any publication, think about the, their audience, why that audience would care, and how you can bring more eyes, I guess you would say, to the publication. So if someone were to... Um, write a story about you, they would kind of like you to just tell your social media tribe that you're in there, promote it more than once, maybe do an email. I mean, there's certain things that you could do. You could maybe do a, a, a reel with it. I don't know, whatever you want to do, but let people know you're excited about being in the magazine. Don't just like, oh, I'm in the magazine and then just think that's it. So one of the things I just want to say is that when we're going forward now in 2021, are there some like maybe a couple of things that you want to tell people when they're pitching and they want to get out there and get known, don't think only about themselves because then they can talk to your advertising department, right? That's, that's a whole not, that's a whole nother thing. If you just well, want to <laughs> I'll tell you, um, there was something that you said earlier that was, that was interesting about not pitching me stories. Uh, but what I, what happens often when I'm out in the community uh, is the first thing that I'm asked is, well, I've never been in your magazine. And I'm like, okay, it, I don't really know what to do with that because it's, you know, I've, I've only owned it since April. And, you know, they're like, well, I, I just don't understand how, how I can get in your magazine. And I said, you know, I'd love for you to pitch a story. And I spend a lot of time educating people about the fact that I have only had the magazine since April of, and they're like, wait, of 2020? And I said, yes. So whatever it is that you felt that the magazine was or what it what it's needed, we are open and we'd love to, to get your feedback, but let's have a new start together. Um, let's move forward together and figure out how do we best tell stories within the community. So I would say uh, if you're looking at telling a story, it can't just be, hey, I was on the cover 15 years ago and I, have new things that I'm going, I have going on. Can you put me on the cover again? Uh, you know, it's like what we talked about, please send uh, what you're doing now. And what is it and how does it fit within black life, arts and culture and the things that we're celebrating? But it has to be a story that resonates with an audience. And sometimes what I believe is a great story, when I sit down with my editorial team, they're like, yeah, that, that's not a good story at all because I'm looking at it from my perspective. So we have to look at what is the audience looking for? And we're happy to give people feedback on that saying, hey, you know what, maybe if you take this angle or this spin, uh, then we may have something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like the the um, 
and I'll, I'll tell you this, this is something that I did years ago, Billy, when I was uh, working in an agency and we handled McDonald's, the black McDonald owner operators. And one of the things that we pitched to the black McDonald owner operators was that they would run in black magazine as advertorials. And That's advertorials it. are part advertising and part editorial. It looks like editorial, but it's really advertising because they paid for it. And so what I would do for the black McDonald owner operators is that I would write features on the black McDonald owner operators and they would go in black magazine. And that was years ago. And it would look like editorial would obviously at the call to action would be like, Hey, you know, McDonald's by, by McDonald's, but it was really about the owner operator, who they were as a person. And I did a lot of them and there were, there were a ton of them. And so I remember what I, them. you remember those? Yeah. Yes. That was like one of the first editorials. And that was something that we had to sell them into it. They were like, well, let's just run an ad. I'm like, yeah, we can just run an ad, but people really want to, in this publication, they want to know about you as a person, as a black business owner, as a black owner and operator. And that went over really, really well. And so I always tell people, sometimes if you have a budget and you're working for a company and you're, 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 don't take the lazy way out and say, well, let's just do ads. Why don't you just do like an advertorial package with the magazine where you sponsor um, editorial and it can be, you know, really more it'll flow in better with the magazine because it it matches what the magazine's about black life art, right. art culture so yeah that was something that i did that probably maybe 15 years ago it, it was uh, good and i remember what i loved about that pam was that it told a story and yeah. it took an angle of um helping people better understand the owners and seeing them as people not just a corporation which is what you get when you have just thrown in the magazine. Yes, I love it. I love it. So hopefully you guys do that more often with a lot of other companies that are black owned that people don't know the owner per se, but we would like to, but they want to advertise and they want to get the word out, but they can actually do advertorials. And that's really how Speakers Magazine is an advertorial base, kind of a magazine where you pay for the editorial, but it's really an ad. So it's advertorial. So always try to make that clean. And one of the things though, you don't sell the covers. Those are different business models that people have, but you don't sell the covers. That's just a whole nother business model. Nothing against shade against people that do that, <laughs> but you don't sell the covers. They are richly bedded in the culture of editorial. I mean, Paris, I guess, would probably flip her wig. <laughs> she you know, like, Paris would not allow that to happen. And that's right. what, you know, she's fantastic. Yeah, journalism integrity on that part. Okay. Like, no, no, no. So, yeah. So, well, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything that you'd like to leave, like the last little nuggets you want to share? This has been quick as we've been like at 34 minutes. So. I know. The, the time has just flown by. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, what I would say that, um, you know, another question that I get often about how did I become an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. get into a space where, you know, eventually you have the opportunity to purchase a magazine. Uh, what I tell people is that not when I first got started, didn't write a business plan, not saying that you shouldn't, but a lot of being an entrepreneur is just taking that first step we can spend so much time being afraid of, well, what happens if this happens or this happens? And I remember my mom saying once, cause I was like, I don't think, I think we're gonna wait to have kids. And she's like, there's never a right time to have kids. You can not, you, you're not gonna know when you can afford it. And that's how I feel about being an entrepreneur. There is never really a right time because you're going to, there's a roller coaster, right? You know that. 
and you're going to run into a lot of brick walls and sometimes you're just going to have to punch through that wall to make a window um but don't be afraid to get started and mm -hmm. surround yourself with people that are going to support you that's it that is there's never a great time to get started there's always i mean when you bought the magazine it was in april it was right when we had shut down so like you could have said no, but you've got to just go forward in faith. And it was, it was time. It was really time right. for you to do that. And I so appreciate you doing it. Anything that we can do to so support you, you know that we will. One of the main things that we want to do is for, for you to tell people how to get good stories and how to tell them to pitch you good stories so that you can have good stories right. <laughs> that will help you so that you don't have to wad through a whole bunch of like bad stories. Like, Oh my God, what are we going to write this month? It's like, no, we have a, we have a whole bucket full that came via Pam Perry because she told those folks how to pitch That's us. Right. And these are the things that we need and they need high quality photos. So we didn't talk about photos. But oh, please. Solution. <laughs> high resolution. High resolution. That's it for sure. And so when people go to the website, they can find and sign up on your email list. That's right. And uh, I forgot to mention, we did launch a new product called uh, Black Fridays. And ah, you will find <laughs> content in, uh, in that email. It comes out every Friday morning and it is exclusive content that you won't find uh, on our website and you will not find it on our social channels. So um, I highly recommend that uh, that you sign up. And it's all about things that are happening around the country that affect um, people of color. Oh, I love it. Black Fridays. That's cool. Too. It's a cool name. So, yeah, you 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 got that. I just <laughs> love the way your marketing mind works. I'm just so excited for you because this is going to just grow and grow. So, Billy Strauter, thank you so much. Billy Strauter, do you have your own personal website or people just can find you on Instagram, Twitter? How, what's the what's the way for them to connect with you personally? Well, you know me, Pam. I um in in you trying to track me down, you know, I, I try to <laughs> stay behind the scenes. So um, you know, they can certainly um find me on Instagram or Twitter. Okay. It's BJ Strauter. Okay. And um, but thank you so much for your time today and thank you for your continued support, Pam. You've been amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, like I was telling them, I said, media people are on Twitter. Why? Because it's short. Brevity. Okay. <laughs> you can't get any more than so many characters. So, so Twitter is probably his favorite. Okay. I just can kind of can tell that he's not trying to get a whole long list of things. So Twitter is where you find him. So thank you. We will do that. Well, thank you so much, Billy. And, um, you know, continued success. And uh, we will talk with you later. God it's bless. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch in order to be considered in media places or superstar stages. PamPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.